0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This week is Pasha's MR and we're going to be speaking about the halakhas of Geneva's Das. Geneva's Das is a mitzvah which is not easily uh, understood what the parameters are or how far it extends. The source for the mitzvah is Pasik in last week's Pasha, Lois Neivu. It's uh, falls under the regular category of stealing. It's not commonly thought that Geneva's Zas, which literally would mean stealing someone else's uh, understanding or tricking someone, would be part of, you know, the Midrash Shaka Tirchak, lying and fooling someone. But actually, anytime there is a question of Geneva's Zas, it's considered like regular stealing, and we'll explain soon why, but more, what's important to realize is that it's a, a question of an Israel direct according to many many Rishonim it's actually in the category of stealing and of this, uh, what Chazal say that it's perhaps one of the worst kinds of stealing which is interesting so what exactly is geneva's death and what falls under what falls into the the category of geneva's death so let me start with an interesting example that will start to demonstrate how prevalent this can be or how easily someone can fall into a question of game is So imagine that someone is going to a bris and they haven't gotten a chance to buy something, a gift for the mother, and they really want to get a gift for the mother. So they look in their house and they find a baby outfit, a stretchy, and actually they had bought it for their own child. And it's almost new. It's like, was worn maybe twice. But it looked brand new. It still feels brand new. So they take out a nice gift bag and they put in this almost brand new stretchy into the gift bag. Now, they look at it and they say, you know, it's a little awkward for me to give a used stretchy. So they look around and lo and behold, they still have the tags that it came with. They hadn't thrown it out yet. So they drop the tag in while they're at it. So, uh, then they give it to the mother and when the mother gets it she thinks that she has just gotten a brand new stretchy and she's very thankful to the person who gave the gift so that's is that why is that is that the reason why that's is that is because you have just fooled the mother into thinking that you have given her a very nice gift where in reality you've given her something used to. and because you gave her a nice gift, so then she owes you hakara type and she feels obligated to repay, repay you, or she feels obligated to you know react in kind, whether it's to be more friendly or whatever it is that the, uh, giving a gift and and causes the, the reaction it causes in people. Therefore, it's going to be that. It's a fascinating thing. Another um, application of, of geneva's death is that when you do a favor for someone, if you didn't actually do a favor, but you mislead them into thinking that you did a favor for them, that's also a question of Geneva's death. For example, let's say someone was looking for a job, and they went for an interview in the place where you work. They went took the interview and they know that you have a say in who gets hired so whether it's in your school or it's in your office, whatever it is they know that you you have a say in who gets hired. but as it happened, they got hired regardless of what you said. They did very well on their interview and they got hired. but when you met them, you know you kind of felt a little uncomfortable. So he said, Oh, yeah, you know, I put in a good word for you. And you insinuate like that was the reason why they got the job. Well, while, while in reality, that had nothing to do with why they got the job. That's also going to that you're sure. causing them to think that you did a favor for them when in reality, you didn't, because you caused them to think you did a favor for them, they feel indebted to you. That's also going to that. But the fact is, you know, it's a kind of situation where a person might just say something that simply because it's kind of expected, you know, they know you work there and they assume you put in a good word for them so just like you just want to say it just because you kind of feel expected to have said it, but you need to clarify to them that that's not true, you know, it wasn't. you got the job regardless, you got the job because you did very well on your interview. The another interesting case of this is that sometimes People mislead themselves into thinking that you've done a favor for them when, in reality, you haven't. But that's that's not your fault. They they led themselves into that mistake. For example, you go to a wedding, and the reason why you go to a wedding is because you know the couple. You know the couple, so you go you go to this wedding. And as it turns out, you happen to know the mother of the Hassan You didn't realize that she was the mother of the Hassan and you meet the mother of the chasen, someone you know from a very long time ago. And she tells you, wow, I can't believe you came to this wedding just for me. And that's not really true. You didn't come to the wedding for her at all. You came to the wedding for the, for the kala. So you didn't do anything to make her think that you came to the wedding for her. She decided to fool herself, so to speak. She, uh, she tricked herself into thinking that you came to the wedding for her. So there, you're not obligated to apprise her of her mistake. You know, uh, it's probably a a nice thing to do, but sometimes it's a little awkward. You know, you have to start explaining. There are other people saying, model, you don't want to get into the whole discussion right then. So you're not obligated because she just fooled herself. Another uh, application of this same concept is when, uh, say, someone gets a gift from a business associate they give them a box of chocolates and turns out it's not a kosher box of chocolates so what do they do with it they uh, they give it to one of their non non-jewish employees they give it to one of their non-jewish employees that not the non jew thinks that he just got a kosher box of chocolates which he knows is kind of expensive so he's you know he feels very very uh touched very thankful that you gave him such a nice gift where, where in truth it was non-kosher and you gave it to him because you have nothing to do with it. But you didn't do anything to make him think it was kosher. You didn't give him any, any indication that it's kosher. You didn't tell him, I went out and got this special box of chocolates for you. You, you just gave it to him and he re- made all these inferences on his own. There, then again, you don't have to disabuse him of that. And he, uh, he, he, he caused himself to make a mistake. You didn't cause him to make that mistake. But there are, that's also another case where when a person tricks themselves, you're not obligated to apprise them of their mistake. Another situation that comes up also in terms of gifts is interesting is when you're collecting, you're collecting money to give a gift to someone from a group of people. For example, you know, students collect money to give uh, a gift to their teacher or to their rebbe or parents collect money to give a gift to a teacher or to a rabbi or any such situation, a co-worker, so on and so forth. So one person generally goes around and starts collecting the money. They collect the money and they realize that they've collected enough money that even without them contributing, there's enough money to buy whatever gift it was that they had planned on buying. People had given enough money without them. So they say, hmm, you know, I don't have to give anything. You know, <laughs> there's enough money here. But if you do that then, and then you give the gift, the, pe- the person is going to think that you, gave, you, you contributed to this gift. So if you give them the gift without contributing anything, it's kind of a double Ganeva's It's a Ganeva's both from the person that you're giving it to. He thinks you're, you chipped into the gift and you did not. And it's also a Geneva's death from the people that have given the gift to think that you're a part of it and you're not. That. So that's an issue. So you have to either, what you have to do is you have to contribute equally so as not to fool the person who you're giving the gift to but this leads to an interesting sticky situation where sometimes you're collecting money for the gift and one person or two people don't want to give and it's kind of awkward to write that these so and so and so and so gave and it'll be kind of obvious that those two people didn't give and like it might even hurt the person that you're giving the gift to that these 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 two people didn't give so what do you do in that situation so over there, being that everybody knows in other words all the donators of the gift know that these two people didn't give and they want to protect the recipient from any kind of uh, hurt or, or embarrassment so they can kind of donate in the sake in the name of those two people who didn't right so in other words the five people who end up giving the gift can say you know what we're going to gift the portion of the two people who didn't give so as as of their giving as well and that's fine you know that doesn't it's, it's if, if you're gifting it to them that oh that works too and then it truly is coming from everybody even though they hadn't you know donated it from their own money they they donated it through you gifting it to them but that's fine it's coming from everyone so that you can do because but the reason why you can do that is because everybody knows about it so if you're collecting the money and you do the same thing you tell everybody you know what i collected all the money and they're as it happens there's enough money is it okay if i don't give anything and everybody says fine it'll be from you know as if it's from you too then that will be okay but if you don't tell everybody and you just give it without giving anything then you're simply deceiving the person who's receiving the gift into thinking you you chipped in when you didn't so that's another uh application of geneva's when it comes to gifts so we've just basically worked through the concept of geneva's as it applies to giving of gifts we discussed that there is um when someone thinks you gave them a gift and in reality you did not there's a geneva's ass someone thinks you you did them a favor when in reality you did not there's even geneva's ass when someone thinks you gave them a better gift or a nicer gift than you actually gave them like in the case of a, something which is they think is new and it's not so in all those situations, if you're the one who is causing them to make that mistake, you have to apprise them of the mistake and realize, let them realize that it's not what they think it is. However, if you did nothing to make them think that you did something extra for them and they decide to trick themselves into it, then you don't have to disabuse them of that notion being that you did nothing to make them think that, then that's not going to be a death because they kind of convinced themselves of it, so therefore that's not going to have a death. In this week's parasha, there is the mitzvah of Vinikdashti B'Saych B'nei Yisrael. The mitzvah of Vinikdashdi B'Saych B'nei Yisrael is the mitzvah of Kedush Hashem, of the Mekadosh Hashem Shemayim. What is the mitzvah of Kedush Hashem? We typically associate it with a person dying of Kiddush Hashem, giving up his life for the three mitzvahs, the three cardinal sins of Edezar, Gila gilarash, Yichazamim, but you look in the Rambam, that's not the way he presents this mitzvah. The way he presents this mitzvah is like this. He says, mm-hmm. Someone who doesn't an have and no one was forcing him, and he does it willingly, one of the mitzvahs that it says in the Torah, and he does it simply to anger Hashem, that's a chil Hashem. But likewise, he says, Anybody who's pirish may have someone who holds back from doing something wrong, I or he does a mitzvah, not because of any ulterior motive. Not because he's afraid of someone, not because he's scared, and not because he's seeking honor. Only simply because of Hashem's will. The same way Yosef staffed himself from sinning with the wife of Petitza. Kedosh Hashem doesn't mean dying for Hashem's name. It really means living with Hashem. In the privacy of a person's home, when no one is looking, what does he do? If he does Hashem's will for no other reason, just to do Hashem's will, that's Kiddush Hashem. The Ramam continues, If a person is careful, and he speaks softly with people, and he is friendly with them, and he meets them, greets them with a smile on his face, and even if they humiliate him, he doesn't strike back, he gives honor and respect even to the people that don't respect him, and he's, he's honest, and he doesn't hang around with the wrong people, and he goes beyond the letter of the law, everybody praises him and they love him and they would like to emulate him this is a Kiddush Hashem and on this the Pasik says Hashem says you are my servant Yisrael that I am proud of now who doesn't want Hashem to be proud of them right? so this is living with Kiddush Hashem a person's at home and their children are giving them a hard time and they manage to be patient that's Kiddush Hashem it's a mitzvah. A mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem. Hashem Exactly as the Rambam says, Diburoy bin Nachas im You speak softly with people. You think this means only non-Jews or people on the street? It means them too. But it certainly means our children. When we control ourselves and we're patient and we speak properly and we speak calmly and we don't take humiliation to heart from anybody, that's Kiddush Hashem When we go out of our way to make a phone call and make someone feel better, That's Kiddush Hashem. When we sit down and we take out a siddur, and although it's very stressful and things are flying, we manage to get in a Shema and Shemana Esrei, that's Kiddush Hashem. As the Ramah writes, we did the mitzvah, not for any other reason. No one knows that you're davening, and no one will ever know. You did it for Hashem's sake, that's Kiddush Hashem. It's a mitzvah, and of course, one of the most important mitzvahs in the Torah, Kiddush Hashem. When our character traits emulate Hashem in the ways that the Rambam enumerates, honesty, humility, not answering back, doing above and beyond the letter of the law, that's Kiddush Hashem. And it's fascinating because those aren't mitzvahs in the Torah. Those aren't one of the 613 commandments. Not answering back, humility, that's not any one of the Tairi mitzvahs. But they define Kiddush Hashem because they define what we are as Jews. Elevated and holy people. When we make ourselves holy, we sanctify Hashem's name. Holiness is when we live for other people. We don't live just for ourselves. We don't live a selfish existence. That's holiness. And when we're holy, Hashem's name is, is, is sanctified. There's another mitzvah that this prophet teaches us. Kazalt say that if we're in shul and we answer kadosh, kadosh, kadosh by kedushah, we're this mitzvah of the nikdashdi the b'nei Yisrael. We're going to make Hashem holy. Mishaburah writes that when saying these words, we have to think that we're trying to sanctify Hashem's name. We have to recognize His holiness. And through that, he writes, we'll be zeichah, that Hashem will rest His shechina upon us from, he- from heaven. We'll have the s'chus of, Ashra, of from saying kaddish, kaddish, kaddish with the correct kavanah, realizing I'm sanctifying Hashem's name. I'm being the mitzvah. And that Rizal would warn us Hamidim very much about this, how important this mitzvah is. Then the Mishabur Mr., the Mr. brings this fascinating thing. He brings from a sefer called Sefer Hecholais that Hashem tells all of the malachim, he tells all the whole heavenly host that when Qalai Yisrael says, Kaddish, 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 and their eyes gaze upwards to heaven, which is one of the things you're supposed to do by Kaddusha, you're supposed to lift your head up, and they lift themselves up, that means what we do with our feet, you lift yourself up slightly once saying this, Hashem says, I have no greater pleasure in the world like that time. They look in my eyes, that's what we're doing when we look up and I look in their eyes and at that moment I grasp the Kisei akavid, the form of Yaakov Avinu that's on it and I hug it and I kiss it and I remember the Shusm of Chal Yisrael and I hasten the Geulah so it's amazing just from saying Kedusha properly realizing that this isn't just saying words but we're engaging in the sanctifying of Hashem's name in the world something the whole spiritual world waits for the angels can't begin praising before we have praised Hashem Everybody's waiting for us to say, Kaddish, Kaddish, Kaddish. Hashem waits for us, and he gazes in our eyes, and we gaze in his, so to speak. What does that mean? That means that when we're saying Kaddish, we're proclaiming our yearning to be close to Hashem, as close as possible. And that's why we lift ourselves up. We're trying to get, like, a little closer. So although Kaddish, normally holy, means separate, like untouchable, that's not what it means by Hashem. It actually means the opposite. It means Hashem is totally dedicated to us. He's given over to us. Everything he does, does nothing is for himself. It's solely to benefit us. And when we realize that and appreciate the total holiness of Hashem, he has no greater pleasure in the world. That's what we're saying. when We say Kaddish, 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 trying to get as close to Hashem as possible. And if we do that, we have to realize we're doing a mitzvah, dera'isav, of ektashi b'sech b'nei Yisrael. So two times, during the week, one almost all the time, and one, if a person gets a chance to be in Shul and answer Kaddish, 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 and looks up to Shemayim and, and, and lifts himself up a little bit, lifts themselves up, they have to realize the Nikdashli Besekhun is sanctifying Hashem's name and giving Hashem the greatest pleasure that he has of all time. And when a person does the Nikdashli the, the way the Rambam says, every moment in a person's life when they keep themselves from doing an Aver, they keep themselves from lashing out. They speak calmly. They give seroponomy office. They do mitzvahs. They do my t'ayvim. When no one else knows, no one cares. Only you know and only Hashem knows. That's also the mitzvah of the mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem, which gives HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the greatest pleasure in the world. Have a good Shabbos and a good night.